Hey everybody, welcome to Game Goose, where we figure it out <laughs> with Summer Sanders. Uh, it is July 20th, 2021. This is Season 4, Episode 2. I'm Dan Curry. Clinton is over there handing out Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, throwing one at me. I caught it. You're welcome for the play-by-play. -play. I had a dream the other day. I, I forgot about this dream until just now that I had to do a play-by-play -play for... Um, for hockey. Oh, yeah? You don't even watch hockey. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Name a hockey player, Dan. Um, that's active. Oh, no, not that's active. <laughs> Were you going to say start, Gretzky? I was going to start pulling out some 97 Red Wings. <laughs> <laughs> Steve <laughs> Datsuk. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway, that came back, and uh, we're here to talk about video games. Neil's here. He knows all about hockey. And More than you, but no. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so what's everybody playing video game wise? Um, bunch of leagues. So league has a new mode called mm -hmm. Unsealed Spellbook. I don't know where that came from. What did, what? Just had like a weird. <laughs> We're making time. some mouth noises yeah. today. We uh, apologize for that. Butter in the Reese's. Yeah, but uh, it's a lot of fun. So instead of like normally, you have like each character has four moves or whatever and then you have two summoner spells which are like everyone has two summoner spells there's one to like quickly flash it's like a, it's like a little teleport cool blink down. yeah mm -hmm. uh and then there's one that's like a root uh teleport you can teleport to an ally there's one that's a uh, smite which does damage over time a very small amount but yeah and it heals you if you do it to jungle creeps um and then, there's a bunch of them. Anyways, this mode takes away one of those, and wow. in its place, it gives you another character's ultimate. Oh. oh. So, yeah, you can get some really cool synergies going. Uh, you can also get screwed over, because it only gives you three options. So it's just like a random pool, and you get three options to choose from. Uh, so you can get, like, ones that don't synergize well, but then you can get ones that are like, okay, like, this is amazing. Like This is uh, broken. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, we were playing into a uh, Yasuo Yumi. So, Yasuo is like a wind ninja with a big sword. Mm -hmm. And his ultimate, when people get knocked into the air, he can, like, like thousand cut sword death yeah. thing. Devil may cry them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he doesn't have anything that knocks people in the air other than his Q when it's empowered. So, it's okay. kind of hard for him to do it by himself oh. alone. But then he had Yon's ultimate, which, like, gathers everyone together that he hits with it and, like, pulls them all together and then he goes sliding through them and then slashes them with the sword. Uh, but Yumi is a weird character where she's a cat, like a magic cat, uh, and she attaches to a hero and just kind of, like, floats around by them. And her ultimate is, like, a thing that shoots out a bunch of beams and it, like, traps people so yeah. it can't move. But she had... Lulu's ultimate, which lets you empower a, a teammate so they grow big, like huge in size, mm -hmm. and at the same time, it knocks up everyone around them. So, with her, that knock up, he would like use the Yone ultimate, gather everyone together. She would Lulu alt him, it would knock everyone up. Then he would alt while she was using her normal alt. And so, it was just like anytime that would happen. Everyone would just die, like, instantly, because it's, like, four ultimates all super synergized with each other going off. You can't get away from them. 
and you're knocked in the air, you're stunned, and he's just like, tap, 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 didn't they have a, a didn't they have a mode where like everyone's abilities, each one of them were random or something like that? Um, long time ago. I, I mean, I haven't played since college. Yeah. But that's that's what I remember the the joy of league being yeah. a setting up of a wombo combo. Yeah, and like it's pretty great because you can do like crazy things like that, and you can get wild synergies where things just work. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the times you just kind of end up like, eh, okay, like I got X Y Z, and right. I can't really do much with what I have. But it's fun, uh, even like in a game where you get like a bad combo of ultimates. It's not too bad because they give you extra gold, extra experience in this mode. You start at level three. So, like, everything is just faster. And they're usually, like, 20-minute games versus, like, up to 40-minute right. games. So, we did have a really long one the other day, though. It was pretty evenly balanced. We're just going back and forth, back and forth. This is just all French to you, isn't it, Dan? Oh, yeah. I have no idea what's <laughs> I mean, I understand ultimates and synergies. Stuff like that. Yeah, like I get, I get, I get what he's laying down. Yeah. People got things that work together because it's a random game mode. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, and it's fun even like 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 we got stomped by that Yasuo Yumi combo, but it's yeah. still fun to see like the cool things you can do with it. You yeah, know. it's kind of like an Overwatch when they throw in like one of those random modes, and it's like, oh, yeah. look how OP someone would be if they never had to reload or whatever. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. But then, uh, two days ago, three days ago, I don't know, somewhere along the line this weekend, I uh, started up another Seven Days to Die server. So we've been playing that oh, around right. like day 13, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Every time you talk about Seven Days to Die, I always think that you're talking about the game where it's four on one with the monsters. Oh, yeah. What's sure. the name of that game? Uh, Die every night, something like I, that. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it Prey or something? No, no. that's one way you can be all that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. We've played it before. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, sorry to interrupt, but uh, it always takes me a second to catch up. Yeah, so we started that again. So Seven Days to Die is a survival crafting horror game. Uh, you're in the zombie apocalypse. Uh, you're trying to like go through houses, and every house has a bunch of zombies in it, and but then, you know, you get resources out of the sink. You get bottles of acid or a pipe branch. And then, like, in the closet, there's, like, a bag of ammo and all that kind of stuff. So you have to, like, kind of go through these houses and collect resources. And then you build up uh, a shelter because every seventh day, there's, like, a big horde that comes. And you have to defend against the horde. Uh, this is the one where you build and like your structures your structures have like structural integrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you can't just like yeah, like have blocks floating in the air or whatever. You have yeah. to like actually support them and things like that. So it's a lot of fun. Uh we just started up again like so we're at like day twelve or something. Uh so we're kind of getting ready for the second horde. And as you go along, the zombies get stronger and faster and there's more of them. So you have to kind of keep rebuilding your your horde fortress and building it up stronger and stronger uh and so like, you have seven days to kind of collect resources build as much as you can onto your little fort that you do the hordes in and then go out through the next seven days explore the world come back and build that up as much as you can but it's a lot of fun we got like i think eight or nine people playing on it right now so oh, wow it's yeah yeah because i played with you guys for a little bit it was fun but i was just like way behind in both knowledge and time <laughs> yeah so there 
They would just be like, yeah, you can have my old scooter. <laughs> I'd be like, way behind everybody. Sweet, something. bro. Yeah, but it was fun. Oh, right, because there's the mini bikes, and then there's the motorcycles. Yeah, so you guys are like, oh, we got a mini bike you can use. I'd just be like trailing behind everybody like that. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> the mini bike's so funny looking, too. Like, more engine on it. But yeah, like the horde stuff was like intense. Like, yeah. I remember I ran out of ammo mm-hmm. and being like, well, I I'm can't up here do now, it. guys. So, yeah. yeah. I'm so excited for uh, Dying Light 2, whatever they're calling it. It, it might be a shit show. I know a yeah. lot has happened in development, but another good zombie game. That game was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, Dead by Daylight is the game that I Dead was thinking Dead by Daylight. Of. Where you it's you're four people and there's so much oh, 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 oh. I thought you were talking about the... It was like a launch title with the Xbox One... You're thinking about the one with the big monsters. Yeah. What was the name of that game? Oh, um, Evolve. Evolve. That game was not very fun. I only played it once. Yeah, it it didn't. (coughs) Yeah, I think Dead by Daylight kind of took that and made it better. Yeah, Dead by Daylight actually like has good balance, I believe. And like, I mean, it's super popular because they just go and they license out every freaking horror movie, and they'll be like, "This one's coming out, and this one's coming out." Well, it's like one of the most like watched games on twitch even like i just it's because it's that fun to watch i mean it's cinematic intense yeah Yeah. it's really like especially if you're you know streamers probably aren't talking to the other team they're just hiding from monsters and yeah it's really intense i mean i had fun playing it i might get back into dan yeah i was making fun of dan because you play a scary game and then mid-sentence the guy came out of nowhere and was like, hey, da, da, da. and Dan starts cracking up. <laughs> yeah. I, I can play that game because it's not like, I know what it's going to be every time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's that game, be... is, that game, like, that sets my heart rate so high. Oh, yeah, for I sure. I that's definitely, play that game. That's definitely I love the playing the killer in that one because I just, like, roam around. Like, yeah. I'm pretty good at it, too, like, but, like... Yeah, playing but, as a survivors or whatever you call them, the escapes, escapees. I, I can just like and that fucking <laughs> red cone comes across and he's like, ah, no. <laughs> what do they call this? Asymmetrical yeah. multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. These are hard to balance. It's like a one v three Mario Party mini game, but all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they tried to do that with Mario Party. Mario Party's really bad. <laughs> yeah, there was, well, there was also Mario Party 10, which was the only fun version. If you had four Wii controllers and then the Wii U pad, whoever had the Wii U pad was Bowser. Yeah. And the other people played. And that game was really fun, but it's like, I have to have, in order to play that, we have to have five people. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was the only fun mode that I remember. <coughs> but. Yeah. We should talk about asymmetrical multiplayer sometime. <laughs> yeah, we probably should. Put it on the list. Uh, anything else, Clint? Uh, no, I think that's about it. I don't think. Oh, I played a bunch pump. of Mario Kart today with my niece and nephew. So fun. Did you whip their ass? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> As any it's, good uncle should. It's pretty shit. funny because, like, I mean, they're, they're, they're young. They're too young to, like, understand controllers and things. So I yeah. put on all the, uh, like, driving assists. And my nephew, who kind of gets it because he's older than my niece, is like trying to figure it out. But it's to the point where he's doing more harm than good against the dragon. Just overcorrecting all yeah. the time. So my niece, who's just kind of like sitting there, like I like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just right. gonna like hold this thing. She's in like third place, where my nephew's in like eighth or ninth, because <laughs> he's just like wrenching it back and forth. So his character's like driving back and forth across the lane. But uh, yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. They uh, 
he so funny. He came into this morning and like they haven't been in my new apartment yet. So he comes yeah. busting in. He like looks around, <laughs> looks around again. He's like turns to me. Where's that game you had? <laughs> like he's been thinking about yeah. it. <laughs> he's like, did I wait long enough? Okay, I'm gonna ask. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> His parents were like, "Don't run right to that game system." Like, yeah. <laughs> but it was pretty funny. But he wanted to play Forza Horizon, and that's just—I mean—it's way beyond him. So oh yeah. Like, oh, if you can't drive a Mario Kart, buddy, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you must so, be this tall. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "The race car game." I was like, "Okay, well, here's Mario Kart." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they're they're a lot of fun. I'm. It's so funny, though, because, like, they don't know, like, games at all. So right. I'm, like, trying to, like, show them, like, well, this is a controller. Like, you have to do this to, like, get your little guy to move. So then I put in Odyssey. And my nephew figured that out pretty well, like, moving yeah. Mario around. He got through the first level of Super Mario Odyssey where you oh, turn nice. into the frog and, like, do all that. With some help, of course. But, yeah. like, yeah, it was pretty pretty interesting kind of just seeing their, like, little brains putting things together. And I have a friend... Um... That has two boys, two twin boys, and her and her wife decided that they they love they like video games a lot too, but they like to save money and to like help our children kind of appreciate like older things. They didn't let them know like what the new their, their newer game consoles. <laughs> yeah. So they like pulled out their old like they started with an NES and like didn't know that was it. And then like for Christmas like every year they would get the next one so then they had an snes and then they got a second genesis and they've eventually i mean they're a little older now i think they're pushing like 10 and they have a switch now yeah but they when they first got the switch they played like a couple games and then they just went back and kept playing the wii u forever (laughs) and they really liked it because it had more like games they could play together and stuff but she's like yeah it saved me a crap load of money for the first (laughs) like years because i'd just be like hello friends does anyone have a n64 and someone would randomly give me an n64 and and a bunch of games and I would just show them that and they were always blown away was oh, the other yeah. thing was just like whoa look at this right. this is a 3D now <laughs> yeah. she's like they just went through like 30 years of gaming in 10 years but yeah, yeah. so she was like it was kind of cool because she's like I don't think they would have had that the like, they're gonna have too, such like... time just like dysmorphia when they're older <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I remember playing the 64 when I was a kid I was like yeah, that golden age of games when a new system came out every year. <laughs> a new system with like a hundred games on the first day. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, they get that like progression too, and they get to like build those kind of skills. In a like simple way, yeah, and then expound on them. Like, Man, I'm well, jealous. I never got to play a lot of those consoles as a kid. Yeah. Well, I just think about like even when you said like Odyssey and you had to give it to your nephew, and it's like, well, he kind of figured out Odyssey. You got to like my first thing was like Mario, it's like press right and press A. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't imagine there being like a 3D space and being like, here's the easiest game there is for you, yeah. But I mean, there's still like 3D Mario games and stuff that yeah. you could give someone. But. I mean, I learned on. <laughs> Wave Racer, yeah, or Echo the Dolphin, whatever that Dolphin game was for N sixty four. I think it was Echo the Dolphin. Or Echo? I think Echo was the. I don't know. Was there sixty four? There was a, a Genesis. Maybe one. that was just Wave Racer, like free run. You could go and ski dude next to a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I mean, I can tell gave, it made a huge impact on you. Neil. But I mean, somebody gave you the atrocity that is a game, uh, a N sixty four controller, and said, you know, figure it out. And, and yeah. A generation of children did. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Without yeah, without parental guidance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many parents didn't play or know what video games were. Even. Yeah, that was so, when my dad gave up. Was when it went three D. Yeah. He like tried to play my PlayStation with me. I was like. Nope. Anyway, I think I'm done for the rest of my life. Yeah. See ya. So I showed him because he used to really like Legend of Zelda. He had that and that in 1985 or six for the NES. And I remember like, remember Legend of Zelda game that you had when I was like younger? And I brought my Switch over it and showed him and like handheld. And he was like, this is going to make me go blind. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I can't even look at this. I'm going to throw up. But it's, it's Did you play crazy. any more Pokemon? Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, I fell off it pretty hard. I just, like, like I said, I hated that little bitch. Behavior, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I just, I don't know. I kind of fell off it. Why don't you just skip the dialogue? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not good. I just, I, uh, no, I, I haven't had the time really yeah. to either, so I've just been kind of. Um, I think about you because I just got back into Pokemon Go, and every time there's a fairy Pokemon, I'm like, Clinton hates that fairy Pokemon gym leader so much, <laughs> and I know nothing else about it. But um, yeah, I started playing Pokemon Go again uh, in the last couple days, and I mean, if you don't like the core gameplay, it's not going to be any different for you, but they added a lot of stuff. So you can trade in battle now. There's Team Rocket, which is really fun because it kind of breaks up the like monotony of like, oh, let's just see what's around me on the map. And the Team Rocket battles, um, like their balloon comes, and you tap on the balloon and you fight them. So they're a little different. There's like a block, and uh, when you do a special move, like bubbles pop on the screen, you got to pop them all to see how many. Very mobile game-ish, but at least it's different than just like constantly throwing balls at the things. So, um, And they made things to do besides like go to the gym and walk around, you know, like all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty fun. Um, I like seeing the Pokemon I don't know and being like, oh, what's this thing? I like lily pup. Anyone know that thing? It's adorable. <laughs> Is it a favorite. lily? No, it's a little dog. It's a pup. It's a pup. Yeah, it's a pup. I, look, I had two ways to go with that name, <laughs> and I went the wrong way. Okay. Um, and they've added like you know they added the mega evolutions, <laughs> and there's like a lot of there's like daily quests and like like uh, like quests that they actually give you that there's like story where the professor talks to you and stuff. So they put a lot into it. So well, lily pup is adorable. It's like an Eevee but a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, every time I see him, I'm like, oh, little Lily Pup. What's he evolve into? I don't know yet. Oh, he's a schnauzer. Yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty fun. If you liked Pokemon Go before and kind of fell off of it, I think it's a good time to get back into it. Um, and they've also added ways to play without, like, moving around a lot during the because of COVID. So there's, like, um, because there's these raids where you go to a gym and you fight, like, really powerful Pokemon and get a chance of capturing them. Now there's remote raid passes where you can do one that's like somewhat near you that you can kind of see and join so you don't have to like run down to the one or whatever and stand in the group with a bunch of people um but yeah it's pretty fun i saw a mewtwo today and i was like at a raid thing and i was like should i use my raid pass on it but it tells you how many players are there and there was zero so i did uh put a lure down today on something and it's weird because it was just like this message popped up. It was like, you helped another trainer catch five Pokemon with your lure. And I'm like, who the fuck is around me? Because <laughs> I was just like in the middle of Holt. <laughs> like, I was just like, which is a small town in Michigan. And I was like, who is that? Like looking in the cars to see if I could see somebody. So someone around me came down. There's still players. I know it still makes a crap load of money. It still has a ton of players. But 
it just changed from those early days Mobile, of seeing. Yeah. I mean, mobile games are weird like that. Where like, you don't have to get, you know, Pokemon Go numbers of people. If you get, you know, two thousand people that are spending ten dollars every day, yeah. like that's a shit ton of money. Well, yeah. the weird thing about the game I've discovered and just thought about is like, if you're a really hardcore Pokemon Go player. You do not need to spend any money on yeah. it. It is very generous to you if you are actually a person that walks from because stop to stop. You're was, paying in data. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, walks from stop to stop, put your Pokemon in gyms. Like, everything would be free to you. The people who probably pay money are people like me. Like, yeah, I'll play $10 to get some Pokeballs and sit here and play for a while yeah. without walking. So, um but yeah, I know it's still like one of the most played mobile I need, games. I just, I've been biking to work. I should mm. just pop it open. I have my I don't, phone holder. My when bike. I opened it, I was like, why did I? Why do I ever delete it? Like, if I just opened it when I walked to like a friend's house or something, I would make progress. Like, it's yeah. it's fun, and I I was I do need to start walking like in general for all kinds of different reasons. But um, I was like, maybe this will help me. It hasn't, but <laughs> but. I think the the problem is that I played so hardcore when the first 150 were out. Like, I have most of the ones I really know and love. Yeah. So it's like, this raid is nearby. I'm like, I had no idea what the hell that thing is. So I'm just going to say. Is that a shoe? What is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. But I'm finding, like, between this and Pokemon Snap, I'm finding, like, po newer Pokemon. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah, Jokes aside, cool. there was one named Smeargle that's just a paintbrush <laughs> dog yeah. monkey yeah. thing. Well, I mean, you know, a beagle. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. He smears paint. He's a beagle. Yeah. The ice cream one and the trash ones are pretty. Yeah, uh, say, my favorite new ones are the trash bags. <laughs> just like Trubbish and Trubbish Gargador or something. It's the big yeah. one's name, I think. I saw there's an electric horse out there. That's pretty cool. Though. I mean, like, there's Grimer and Muck are just corporate toxic ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Just put a finer point on it. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um. I've also bought a game that I've been kind of eyeing for a while. It went on sale for $7.50, so I saved $2.50, nice. everybody. I know. Okay. That's money in my pocket. <laughs> uh, shotgun Farmers. Uh, it is a shooter where everyone is a farmer, and all the guns are, are crop-based. <laughs> Nice. So everyone starts with the shotgun, which is corn, mm -hmm. and um, it shoots like corn kernels out the front. But the the twist on this game is if you shoot the ground, the seeds that come out of your gun turn into that gun or ammo for that gun. So if you have a shotgun and you shoot the ground, you can wait a little bit and then grab more ammo for it. Or if you have a special gun, you shoot the ground with it, you can come back later and that that gun will have grown again. Um, the longer you wait, the more ammo the gun has. So you can't just like shoot the ground and pick it up and have like a full clip already. And there's not a lot of ammo in each of the guns. So it's kind of chaotic because people are running around and it's fun because you'll find a spot where people were fighting and there'll just be like guns growing out of the ground. Um, so it's pretty fun. It's is it multiplayer then? Yeah. Yeah. It's only multiplayer. There's no, well, there's, I mean, it is all multiplayer because there's a horde mode, too, where there's, like, zombies coming out at you. Um, and that's also multiplayer. You just jump in and people are coming in and out. So is it like a, like a Battle Royale kind of thing? Or is no. It like a... So it's more like um, Halo or, like, uh, Counter-Strike where there's objectives. Is like a deathmatch kind of thing? Um, there's usually not a deathmatch. It's usually capture the pig where there's two pigs on one each side, one for each um, team, and you have to get on it and ride it. Uh, so you have like a carrot on a stick in front of it and it's kind of hard to control when you're trying to bring it back to yours. So it's kind of like capture the flag, 
um, but with pig riding. There's capture the chicken, which is kind of like skull in Halo. You have the ch chicken, they have to hold it as long as you can. And there's capture the scarecrow, which is like hill. So those are the three I've played, but I haven't played a ton. But it's really fun. I'm actually pretty good at it, um, which is always fun to just pick up a game and be like, hey, I'm actually not yeah. bad. Um, but the guns are really fun. Is it better than that fucking awful dodgeball game? I love that dodgeball game. <laughs> Nothing so. ever like did what I thought it should. See, I felt like the opposite. I felt I so felt so intuitive. But um, I can't get into your brain. But I mean, it worked for two out of three of us. <laughs> yeah, I like that game. We should play that again. But um, my favorite gun is there's like a pea shooter. It's like a battle rifle kind of burst shot. That's really fun. Um, there's a carrot rocket launcher, strawberry bow and arrow. They'll have silly names that there's a spare sniper or something. Like they all try to like match into what gun you have. So there's a potato gun. I no, I have not seen a potato gun. So there's a lot of there's like actual potato guns. Why yeah. would they not put a potato gun? Well, it's in funny. The, fucking... the corn shotgun that everyone starts with has no pun name. It's just called sugar gun, <laughs> and every other gun has one. Um, so it's a it's a decent little fun game. I don't think it's gonna be the greatest game of all. Like you know, it's not gonna be top shooter, but it's like stupid little fun thing to jump into. Knockout City. That's what that dodgeball game is called. Yeah, I haven't been listening to you for a minute because I <laughs> could not remember what that game was that called. Was okay. Um, and then I beat Plague Tale. Plague's it's Plague's Tale or Plague Tale? I don't know. Plague's Tale. Plague's Tale Innocence. Um, that's a really good game. Uh, it's kind of like a double A game, I guess. Like it kind of reminded me of like Senua's Sacrifice. Really fun. A Plague I, Tale. A Plague Tale Innocence. Because I know a sequel's coming out, and um, yeah, it's like a 10, 11 hour game. Great story. Um, stealth based combat. It kind of got a little towards the end. Got a little difficult in the way of like there's a ton of people, so if someone sees you, you just die because the combat's not made for you to like take out five guys. Um, as they're charging toward you. Charging? Charge. We gotta work hard <laughs> charging toward you. Um, so, yeah, I definitely <laughs> recommend that game, for especially if you got Game Pass. And it looks good on the Xbox Series X. Cool. It's one of those, uh, one of those ones made for that. So. Dan and I also hopped back into our Stardew farm. Oh, Went yeah. over to the island, um, trying to get... We're used to be able to, being able to spend our the millions of dollars we make every day and just buy whatever we need. But on the island, you need to trade for it. You have to find all these goods. And it's a way to make the game different and make it last yeah. longer and change the... Sorry for that little bit of music in the middle there. <laughs> that was an oopsie. <laughs> it, it changes the flow of it. It, uh, it really knocks you back down to square one and the first time we got into it we were not into it mm -hmm. and then we played the stardew valley board game yes. on sunday and then we were like okay we're ready did you finally play it yeah we played the board game yeah because courtney and i played it when we were up north it's really fun it's um, really fun we won on the last turn yes it was way more stressful than the game <laughs> yeah than the video game courtney kept going like what i really like about the board game is it really feels like the game i'm like no it doesn't <laughs> the game is like the board game is so stressful um, and the time that Courtney, Courtney and I played twice up north, we lost the first time and the second time. It's a cooperative like kind of board game. The second time that we played, we won on the last turn again. So the two times I've won has been on the last turn. But we should do an episode on that too. You should come play and we can. Clint's not going to like it. It's all <laughs> resource management. <laughs> yeah, because didn't you have a hatred towards resource management? There's still only resource management board games, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not for you. So you don't like Settlers? 
Okay, find somebody else to play Settlers. <laughs> I'll play Settlers. Love um, so yeah, that was starting to do. And then... Oh, no, Apex. <clears throat> I'm almost to 400 wins. And that's a drop in the bucket because I've played like... 1,600 games? Like 10,000 games. Wow. Man. My percentage in the top three is formidable. Like 25% of my games I get top three squads or something. It might even be better than that. But Nice. Still fun. New hero coming out August 3rd. So they're doing a bunch of weird stuff with the maps and the story, and that's always cool. And Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, real quick, side note, did you see that Halo is taking inspiration from uh, Apex and like they're going to have a story like through their multiplayer? Oh, like, that's change, a good idea. Like, they changing. also took the grappling hook, so. Yeah. Well, well every game has a grappling hook. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's that's from Far Cry. <laughs> More than Apex. No, uh, Just Cause. Just, Just Cause, yeah, that, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, any other games you've played, Neil? Oh, we've both been playing Slay the Spire. I've been playing a bunch of Slay the Spire. Neil beat the heart. Did we talk about this? Yeah, I night? beat the heart. We yeah, talked we about, about it. it. Okay. <clears throat> I'm still... Yeah, don't care. I almost beat the heart. Not a big achievement. I got him down to 100 health, and then I failed with my missiles. I can't even get close. Like, I will wipe the floor with all three maps and be like, Psh, this is the one. And then it'll just be like... I also misplayed on the bo- the two the bosses right before I went to the heart and yeah. like... Could have killed him without taking a hit and like went down to half health and it was really upsetting. But someday. Someday. Talking about things that are really upsetting. Have you guys ever given money to something and then got nothing in return? (laughs) (laughs) Then boy do I have an episode for you. (laughs) Today on Game Goose, we're talking about Kickstarters. This was like a daytime talk show. <laughs> that was the good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're talking about crowdfunding and how mm-hmm. awful or amazing it can be. Yeah. Amazing. Right off the bat, Shovel Knight. That's like... Shovel Knight. There's plenty of shining examples. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shovel Knight. Divinity. Although I have some issues with Divinity. Uh, Pillars of Eternity. Pillars of Eternity. Uh, and many more. Um, but I think for every three we can name that worked, there are... Tens, tens of twenties of thirties. That t- have you guys ever go into a Kickstarter? Um, yeah, Kickstarters, yes. To no. video game one, no. I've never gone to a video game one either. It, it always seems like I'm like, oh, that game looks interesting, and it's like goal ten thousand, amount given a hundred thousand. I'm like, okay, so there's no reason for me to do this. You good? I was introduced to this. Um, I think in two thousand and. When did I start high school? 2005, four, five. Yeah, I graduated in 09. So I think in 2007, my buddy Carl had just finished a new computer he was building. And he he showed me what he had just donated to, which I'm sure all of... and Well, it's pretty big. Star Citizen. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, I mean, the rumor mill's been going for 10 plus years. We're, we're on 15 now. Oh, no, not quite. But, um, again, like many of the stories we'll talk about today, it's, it's, uh, expansive. It, it's trying to do everything that AAA games aren't doing right, right now. But on top of that, it's also, uh, you know, it's, it's starting from scratch. It's not starting from a studio. It doesn't have workspace. It doesn't have a, a lot of the times it has a team, but they have no resources to begin. So this is... You know, this is kind of a this is a nest egg, which 
doesn't guarantee a product in any way, sense, uh, shape, or form. Um, point being that Star Citizen, I still see it pop up on Reddit. I think I saw a video the other day where somebody got into a got into his. There's like prototypes. They release builds of the game. It's not yeah, their website is like crazy. In depth. Yeah, I I have a good feeling that this one will actually come out. But I mean, that was 2007. This is. 20 it'll come out in some form it might not be good um, it, it won't be what they no said no uh which by the way no man's sky too right no that wasn't a kickstarter no, no i don't think so um he just did way too much press and promised way too much <laughs> um but um i think the last thing i saw on reddit was somebody getting into his starship his spaceship and then something he dropped something on the floor uh, he like put down a briefcase he was carrying, and then his character just died and turned into taffy, and everything exploded. <laughs> so that's yeah. where they're at yeah. <laughs> after more than a decade. <laughs> so this is an interesting one that I and th- tell me if you think this is something that should be crowdfunded or not. And for this amount, uh, Rock Band Four for PC, Harmonix did a crowdfunding campaign uh, in 2016 for it. Guess how much money they wanted to port Port a game? 50,000 or more. 35. They wanted a one and a half million to port? To port Rock Band to the PC. Wow. They raised just under 800,000. Huh. Now, do we think. Did it happen? You say how much million? One and a half million. So, do you think that is a greedy estimate, or do you think that is us as consumers not really knowing how much money it takes to do these it things? It might be either, but a little bit it, of both. To me, it seems because like people can develop whole games for you know thirty thousand oh, dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like, and this is one that and is, this is a game that's already made. All they're doing is porting it. Like yeah. porting can be difficult, but it's already on like two Xbox and all that. It can't be too hard to. Did so I didn't do the to port. just put it on PC. It's not like you have to like do anything wild. I wouldn't think. Yeah, I don't know. But no, it, there's no there's no port of it. So. I mean, isn't that largely PC is the easiest thing to port for? That, that's what I would think. Because they have a lot of like options. Like computers will run a lot of shit. Yeah, so, I like, guess it just depends. Because like I know a reason why Switch has a lot of stuff ported to it is because it's very similar to a PC. So like you get a lot of indies that are not available on Xbox and PlayStation. Because they're so similar. So if those games were built for PlayStation and Xbox, maybe it is that hard. Yeah, maybe it is. But I still can't see one and a half million for... One and a half million for a gameplay loop that is the same every time. Well, this is what I'm saying. I I don't know how much it costs or whatever, but I just can't imagine anybody being like, you know where I want to play Rock Band on my PC? Because it's like a party game where everyone sits in front of the TV. I mean, you could hook your computer computer up to the TV, TV, but I feel like most people wouldn't. I I don't know. I mean, do with a laptop, but... If you don't have an Xbox where you want to play Rock Band, though. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I just don't see there being enough of a... Obviously, there wasn't enough of a... Not Not for, or at least enough for people to get money. There are the people that heard about it, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's an interesting one. Should should well-established studios Mm -hmm. be using crowdfunding as a engine for money? Yeah, if they can't get it elsewhere, like I I don't know. They have backers. They have a board. They have somebody who's been funding investors. Yeah, Yeah. like I I don't know something. 
something makes me wary that like if somebody is that hesitant to give you money to do this, there's something I don't know. Yeah. Because that seems like I mean, if it's a rock band is a slam dunk, it's done well. It you know millions of dollars. It did what it needed to do. I'm wondering. Yeah, I think there's something behind the scenes there. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not. It's not like a true crowdfunding thing either. It was an oh, okay. equity yeah. crowdfunding. Let's, let's time out. Oh wait. Well, I guess no. It's it. It's it's independent now. Because um, I was gonna be like, wait a minute. So Harmonix Game Systems or Harmonix Music Systems, they made Dan Central Rock Band. They actually had Guitar Hero first, and then they moved to someone else. Um, they were owned by Viacom in 2006, and then took 2010, and MTV bought them in 2006. Or sorry, MTV and or sorry, Viacom and, owns MTV. Yes, exactly. So from 2006 to 2010, they must have become a independent now so i don't know because harmonix is an interesting thing because like those games aren't as popular anymore and i mean their newest game isn't doing super well even though it's very fun um what's their newest game fuser the uh, oh yeah the yeah. dj game yeah. uh but i mean so it was an equity crowdfunding so you get you know a x amount of stock or whatever in gotcha. harmonix when you do it same as obsidian did with pillars of Eternity 2. Yeah. That was an equity crowdfunding too. Well, because Pillars, their first Pillars was like their first big game that they crowdfunded. So there's an, a, a chapter on this in um, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels by Jason Schreier about Pillars of Eternity. It kind of talks about kickstarting most of Wait, the time. Wait, sorry. Yeah. <coughs> I wonder if a big issue was developing some sort of hub or something for all the peripherals to plug into and be like lag free. No, because you would just use Are the they USB. wireless now? They're all USB. Do you okay. think they'd have to renegotiate the contracts with the music to say, like, hey, this is going to be a whole other platform? No, because it's all, like, licensed for... The game. Yeah. yeah. It's the same software. Yeah. Anyways, go on. Oh, so Pillars of Eternity, um, Obsidian, uh, their big problem was that they got too much, like, too many backers. So they... Um, you know, they, they showed Pillars of Eternity, and they, they were one of the first Kickstarters, I believe. And it was one of the first big ones. And they were kind of blown away. Like, they, it went live, and then suddenly it was just like, holy crap. So they started thinking, like, well, we are going to make this, like, a game like this, but it was only going to be, like, 20 hours, you know. And then suddenly it was, well, we're at a million dollars, and now you, get, you guys keep giving money. If you give us this much, we'll do this much. And eventually... Basically, any promise they made to get more money, they kept reaching to the point where they had promised too much and had so much money that they had to push the game. Like the game had to get um, had to be uh, delayed quite a few times. And they said, like, well, if we get to they basically they were at a point where they're like, well, no one's going to give us this much money. So they said, well, there's going to be one main city. But if we get this much, we'll make a whole nother city. And then they like reached it in an hour. And we're like, well, shit, we have to make a whole second city. And they're like, and like developers talk about it. And they're like, it was amazing that people gave us that much money. Like it was good. But on the other hand, like that game suffers because there's two cities. <laughs> like there's well, no that's, reason. I mean, that's the a... pacing's so bad. And it was like, but we had to do it. No, you, you... no that's the thing. They didn't have to do that. Like yeah. they didn't have to keep coming up with stretch goals. Oh no, they like... didn't have to, but they just didn't understand that people were No, going. and this is a problem that a lot of Kickstarters run into and why yeah. a lot of them fail. Like a lot of really popular ones fail. And like I've looked into this, uh, is that like 
they come into it with like, okay, we're going to make X, Y, Z. Yeah. And then we have, you know, some piddly stretch goal of like, if we do that, then we'll add this little thing. And then they hit that goal first day, hit the stretch goal first day. And they're like, well, fuck, we got to keep adding stretch goals. And yeah. like, no, you don't. Yeah. Like you're funded. You're, you should you, just stop. Yeah, yeah. You've made your goal. Yeah. Like make the product you know you can make. Yeah. Don't keep adding shit onto it. And yeah. if you want to like have stretch goals and you think you're going to have a successful campaign, then say like, okay, well, I have this product and it is X, Y, Z, this, that, and the other thing. Then you say like, oh, well, I have product that does why mm-hmm. and then if we get x amount of dollars then i'll add x to it and if we get x amount of dollars then i'll add z to it yeah like you don't have to go into it like saying like oh well we're gonna like make this game and it's gonna be this amazing game and then like oh well, we met our crowdfunding yeah. goal let's add let's add more to it more like things. no don't you know what you want to make don't let your like early success like drive you into the ground because you're over promising. Yeah. Just make what you know you can make without promising the kitchen sink. And then when it actually comes out, people aren't like, well, this isn't like what all this other shit that you said it was. Yeah. Like, I actually you know, you know who taught me that well. lesson? You, huh. Johnny Danger. He just wanted he just wanted five dollars for potato salad. Sixty thousand oh, dollars yeah. later, he's oh. making T-shirts. He's having a potato salad convention in Ohio. Yeah. It got off the rails. Yeah. Oh, and his name was Johnny Danger. It was something Danger. Yeah, oh, that's okay. what it, it wasn't Danger was a bartender. Name. Johnny Danger, whose real name was Johnny Danger, was a bartender in the local bar here. Because that um, was his real name. Yeah, like, legal given name. Yep. Hold up, Jonathan Danger. Nice. Or as his grandmother called him, Jonathan Dangerous. <laughs> Um, what was the kid? What was the kid's name in one of those uh, old Cartoon Network show? Something dangerous. Johnny Bravo. No, that nope, not that one. I know Johnny Bravo. Hey, um, the no, he had a dad, he had a brother, and they'd go. It was like Scooby Doo, but for adults, and there was more oh, violence. Um, you're talking about it's like Venture Bros is a parody of it. Yeah, you're talking about. Uh, not Space Ghost Coast to Coast. It's no, not. it's something danger. Yeah. But I keep wanting to say Johnny Danger or it's Johnny something. Oh, man. Anyways, um, what I wanted to say about your thing, potato salad aside, I love potato salad. Uh, but that's the thing with the potato salad is like the kids should have just been like, yeah, I kickstarted this potato salad. It started as a joke and it ballooned into an awesome, awesome. Well, still a joke. Like, wonderful well, what thing. What you should have done though. is like, well, I got my potato salad and I have, you know, $160,000 that I'm going to donate to XYZ charity. Like, you don't have to, like, turn it into t-shirts. And yeah. you don't have to make give out tickets to a convention. And, like, I don't know. They always, like, there's a lot of Kickstarters that have failed. Was it? Johnny Quest. <laughs> Johnny Quest. It wasn't danger at all. It was Johnny something. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, like, people, I don't know, they get blinded by the success of their campaigns. Yeah. And instead of, like, looking at it holistically and saying, like, this is untenable for us. This is, like, an unreachable position that we're in to, like, continue adding yeah. more to this. And just saying, like, well, this is what we have. Like, you know, the goal, the the the, the funding goal shouldn't be, you know, like a... Uh, so we want to make a million dollars to make this game. And then, like, every million over that is, like... 
a failed promise. It should yeah. be like, you know, it's you're charging $30 for people to buy the game before it's released. And we just had, you know, 200% more interest than we thought we would. The so ultimate pre-order. Yeah, we're yeah. overfunded, but you're not really. You're just, you know, that's extra profit for your game. Like, I. Yeah, I've said this before. Don't eat through that profit trying to make weird promises that you don't actually want your game to be, you know? I think uh, working creatively, it's not even, no, this isn't even just for creative jobs. I think it happens for any job that needs to problem solve on a daily basis. Constraints breed creativity. Yeah. Having a client come to me and say, do whatever you want. We'll be happy. First of all, I know. No, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly what you want. You're just not telling me. Yeah. Number two, I'm having a bullet. Articulate it. Yeah, yeah, having a bullet list of like, here are our resources. Here's our time. Here's here's how we're going to management manage this. It, it, that's your roadmap with infinite money and you know growing promises. You can't. You just can't live up. Yeah, your roadmap just yeah. It turns into this meandering fucking maze of. Well, Yo, she's Valley from N sixty four Mario Kart. Yeah. Um, uh, Shell and I, the, the Yacht Club Games, kind of did a smarter thing. So they said, like, "Hey, we're going to do this. If we hit these stretch goals, we're going to create more campaigns, but they're going to come out after the game is done." And they didn't give any time. I was going to say that earlier. Like, yeah. promise DLC, do something. Yeah. So. Shovel Knight came out, and then, because, like, you know, there's, like, the plague. You can play as the bosses. There's, like, the three campaigns afterwards. I think they're almost, I think, like, the fourth one just came out or isn't even done yet. Uh, Because I think they took a break to work on another game, and they even said, like, hey, sorry, everybody. Like, but we never said there's going to be, when is going to come out. And we're really tired of making Shovel Knight, so we're going to take a break. Um, I think that that was this game, but yeah. So they really shovel night, and then they're like, "Here's the first one. Here's the second one. Here's but the." Even, but even still, you know, the same same kind of thing. Like you don't just because you, like people are interested in your thing, you don't have to promise them more to get to drive more interest. Yeah. Well, and eventually like, they didn't. But yeah, and that's I mean I don't know. It just seems so backwards to me to like keep adding prior to like you don't even know. Like, you probably have, like, half the game built or whatever, but, yeah. like, you're still at a point where, like, you don't know how long it's going to take you to finish, and that's why you're, like, crowdfunding, like, because you need money to continue, and you want to drive interest towards it, which is, I mean, most crowdfunding is as much advertisement as it is, you yeah. know, as it is building, it's building interest in a way that builds revenue, uh, at the same time, which is, I mean, it's, it's a genius thing. Is why it's so successful and so prevalent nowadays. But like, I just don't feel like the the idea of like, oh, we have a really successful campaign. We need to keep adding to it. Is a intelligent choice to make. Well, and the other problem is like <laughs> video games, especially when you get into like these big like open world things, they're never done. Like you could constantly add things to a game forever. And it's like, well, then the game's never going to come out. It's going to get so convoluted. You're not going to be able to finish it. Star Citizen. Yeah. Star- Where, like, I mean, think about a game who, not crowdfunded, just completely different. But think about, like, World of Warcraft that has been going on and is constantly in development because it's constantly adding stuff. Like, think about how much stuff is in that game. Now, imagine if it was crowdfunded and all those little things like including the fact that you can capture and battle pets and the fact that there's every different continent and all this kind of stuff. Like imagine if that was a Kickstarter and those were stretch goals and they made all that money and that game never would have come out. 
Like, I mean, if you do think of, obviously, this was a game that had guaranteed funding. Yeah. But looking at, you know, there's somebody crunching (laughs) the numbers. Looking at their budget, those people went. We have this many subscriptions, which means we get this much a month, and it's either on the gro- it's growing because of what we're doing, or it's falling. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not it's not exactly a Kickstarter, but no. having that finite budget numbers from month to month, they know exactly right. But if I'm saying like if WoW had promised everything it is now yes. back in the beginning and said, hey, we need you like if you hit these stretch goals, it just never would have. If somebody would have taken them twenty years to to, if to make no it. WoW existed, <laughs> yeah. and then a Kickstarter came up. On day one, promising everything that WoW does now, they would think it's a fever dream. It It would read like a, like, Tolkien fucked the Pokemon anime. Like, (laughs) that's true. That is true. But yeah. But that's what happens, like, to, if you keep promising stuff where it's like, if Star Citizen, when it came out, it was very small. It may, and they just finished, like, a small version. It may be what they promised it would have been now, because they would have just been, like, you know. Yeah. adding dlc or whatever yeah. i'm just they they're trying to make a good space game back in 2007 i still haven't played a good space game from a triple a developer like i don't really want to like be a, no you like no different. no no i mean like you fly your your ship from planet to oh, planet gotcha. to, to big ship to planet to, gotcha you are controller there's no loading screens there are no elevators gotcha you do that yeah and that's hard to do yeah i think that's like it's like one of those things where you can't like it, the constraints. They have this idea of what they want to do. The technology isn't quite there yet. So, and we know that now. Like you know, well, that's, I think that's part of like why why the the I guess the zeitgeist on Star Citizen isn't turned against them yet. Mm-hmm. Is because a lot of people have bought into. Like, oh, they're building, like, systems. They're not yeah. building a game. They're building a, a, a whole world reality engine generator, like, thing. And a lot of people have, like, bought into this idea of, you know. So it's a cult. S- yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Star Citizen is going to, you know, be, it's going to have everything in it. It's going to be, yeah. like this world like real world it's, reality it's gonna be like simulator. A simulator yeah sorry and if you already said this but it's the sunk cost fallacy yeah yeah part of that and the, but i think part of it too is just buying into the the culture of like oh we're like actually doing something like big and like it's going to change gaming and the it's like the world computing and all of this stuff and it's just like well no like you're just spending $20,000 on a computer generated spaceship like yeah and you're dumb for doing so like sorry but like so, you're not changing the world with star citizen june, june 14th 2020 forbes put out an article from paul tassie i like that name uh star citizen passes 300 million in crowdfunding for some inexplicable reason at what point does kickstarter the website go Hold on, we don't want to be responsible yeah. for this much money. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, Kickstarter, they kickstarted, I don't know how much, uh, but most of that money has come post their Kickstarter. Like, it's still, you know, it's still, they're still crowdfunding via their own, like, website and stuff. Huh. But yeah, I don't know, it's such a weird, it's a weird thing. And, like, at, what point too? It is like you said. Kickstarter is like saying like, "Well, let's fucking like." Eh. What point 
should they step in, you know? Like, should they have, like, a contractual obligation to release a game? Should they, a Kickstarter, like, should they be liable in court for refunding any, like, misaligned expectations or misaligned, uh, what do you call it? Uh, delivery like mm. of like what they actually produce and like obviously no because like everything is you know it says like this is a pre like, yeah. like crowdfunded thing like this isn't a product that you're just going to like buy like you are funding the sourcing of it like or the creation of it and so like mm. if it doesn't get created even if you funded it, like you I, still lose that money. I should have looked up the their terms and conditions. I think it, it's from what I remember and other instances of this. The Kickstarter puts it puts a, a lot of it back on the creator if they don't come through. Like we'll take your money. We'll we'll do this and that. But at the end of the day, what we haven't talked about is there are a hundred stories of Kickstarters that raised the money they wanted to raise. Got their goal and then poof, we're you gone. Got the cash and disappeared. And yeah. you don't know, you don't know who those people were. So Fit. a friend of mine uh, bought a gaming table. Uh, it's like I don't know, a couple thousand dollars paid for it through the Kickstarter. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I want this gaming table. It sounds cool. Uh, paid for the gaming table. Uh, they get funded, so they charge the money out of your account or whatever. So the company, you know, they're like, okay, we have all this money. We're gonna make gaming tables. Uh, right before quarantine, guy goes to China to source wood and yeah. like, all that stuff. Uh, takes all of the, like, he's like the finance guy, has all of the money. Uh, goes over to China, quarantine happens, guy disappears. No one knows where he's at, no one's heard from him, no one's seen him. Everyone else is like, we have no money, we can't make these tables. We yeah. made, you know, 106 of the 3,000 we need to make. So 106 of you are going to get tables. Everyone else, sorry. Jeez. But then they didn't, then they were like, you know what? No, 106, we have 106 tables. We're going to sell them to new people and take that money to try and make more tables to sell, to make more tables to sell, to eventually fill these orders. And this yeah. is a great time to need lumber. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it, it just turned into, you know. Some guy kickstarted this company. Yeah, went to China, stole all the money, d- or, and disappeared with it. Or, or he got locked down and was killed during quarantine. He died something. from Corona, or he yeah. had all of his money seized in whatever, whatever it was. Yeah, my f- everyone that bought one of these gaming tables is just out, and Kickstarter can't do anything about it. They don't yeah. have the money anymore. Yeah. They never. I mean, Kickstarter it never has the money. Yeah, it goes from you to them right away. So it's like, I don't know, at what point is Kickstarter, should Kickstarter be held liable for these kinds of things, if they should at all? And how much should Kickstarter be vetting people that they're letting onto their... Yeah, I think that's more... To their platform to... I mean, the vetting is great, but also, I mean, people are just so savvy now. If a scammer is going to scam you, you're going to get scammed. Yeah. yeah, and I mean it's easy to to do. I mean, there's, I mean, like you said, there's hundreds of stories of people just losing their money to Kickstarter or like backing a project, and six years later 
getting the thing. Like, yeah. like what, the, what is this? This isn't like at all. I needed this six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot that I ordered this. Like, I've yeah, only I done one board. Stuff. I did one board game. Yeah. And uh, it came pretty quickly later. Was... Yeah, and a lot of stuff like that is already made. Yeah. Like at board games, books, like those kinds of things are already made usually. They just need and to they're brought, like manufacturing. Yeah, they don't want to take out a second mortgage on their house to you know to get them funding to start buying cardboard to yeah print in China. Um, back to Star Citizen, here's some interesting stuff. So it's. A little over three hundred million now, raised by almost uh, well, a little over two and a half million. So the average donation per contributor is over a hundred dollars. Yeah. So games are usually like sixty bucks. I mean, they were fifty. But that, I mean, that is like because there are people that are spending you know twenty thousand dollars on a spaceship. So yeah. like a lot of it's gonna be like weirdly inflated. Where like you know you yeah. could have. You're going to open up the game people and paying, a, you know, so it's a real player is going to be emperor on day one. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, the game exists now. You can technically play it. You can it. play it, yeah. Um, it will probably never really be done. As long as you don't want to, you know. Yeah, so they were saying, so it hit $100 million in December 2015, hit $200 million in November 2018, and $300 million in June 2020, which means that after all these years, it's actually increasing. So it took him, yeah, it took him three years to get from one to two, but it only took him two years to get from two. Okay, so maybe Carl showed me in college. Maybe that's back from college. Maybe he showed me in like 2012 or 2013. Um, I don't think they've been going since 2007, then. I don't know. Either way, it's been a long time. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I uh, think this works a lot better for, well, the, the jury's out. Somebody might come through and make a really awesome giant game like Star Citizen. We yeah. haven't seen that yet. But I think we've seen plenty of examples of it working really well on yeah. an indie small scale. Hollow Knight yeah. also, I think they did that with, we just looked at it. It was like just shy of 60,000 Australian, um, which is like, that's a great, that's a great amount of money for, for an indie game. Uh, yeah, Shovel Knight, Hollow Knight, <laughs> plenty of others. Or you can just uh, go the Stardew Valley route and just sit in your apartment and make the game yeah. without any funding for seven years or whatever. But you have to, <laughs> to be pretty. You have to be making good money before you decide to do that. Yeah, decently good. Yeah, but then you don't have you know weird ass stretch goals that you promised when you didn't know anything about your game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or what your like audience actually wanted. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know more about Star Citizen, there is a really really good video by TechLink. Uh, it's like 20 minutes or so uh, about it on YouTube. So okay. Tech linked. It's, if you search like Star Citizen Tech Link, you'll find it linked. Uh, but yeah, they kind of go into the foibles of uh, crowdfunding games and things. So I love that word. Foibles. Foibles. <laughs> foibles. Alrighty. Well, thanks for joining us uh, this week. I think we're going to wrap it up there. Um, we'll be back next week, I think. I think we know we're going to do something fun, a little project here soon yeah. involving Pokemon. So uh, if you're a Pokemon fan, get ready. I don't know. Buckle <laughs> yeah, up, yeah. You know, put on your Ash Ketchum hat. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. Whatever. I what was that symbol? Ash Ketchum. Your Ash Ketchum. So like, put on your assless chaps. Put on your assless chaps and get some tattoos When Pokemon. the bill's point in front, I'm Ash Ketchum. <laughs> when it's pointing to the back, you watch your ass. <laughs> That's going to be the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs>